Just a warning, this podcast discusses sexual harassment and sexual assault. Hello, Billy. It's Tanya. Hi, good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Sorry it's taken a couple of minutes. We were just finding a place to park the car. From the Daily Oz, I'm Billy Fitzsimons and this is No Silly Questions. This is the podcast where we break down the big issues for young people in the lead up to the federal election. inside Parliament House by a colleague and for so long it felt like the people around me only cared because of where it happened and what it might mean for them. Last year, Brittany Higgins, a former staffer, alleged she had been sexually assaulted in a minister's office. It created a political firestorm. Jenny and I spoke last night and she said to me, you have to think about this as a father. First, what would you want to happen if it were our girls? Brittany Higgins' allegation rallied women across the country, both inside and outside the walls of Parliament House. Jenny has a way of clarifying things, always has. Rochelle Miller, a former media advisor, alleged she had been in a secret and at times abusive relationship with Cabinet Minister Alan Todge. The bullying, intimidation, harassment I experienced from him at work completely destroyed all of the confidence I had in my ability. Julia Banks, a former Liberal MP, alleged she had been sexually harassed by a cabinet minister. A um, cabinet minister sat on my right and he um, sort of did that sort of flippant, how are you, and then put his hand on my knee and ran it up my leg, on the upper part of my leg, and then walked away. Dania Marni, a former staffer, alleged she was indecently assaulted in her own home by a male colleague. I was told that it was my fault. I was also told simply that it just wasn't true and I was making it up. Those are just some of the allegations that came out over the past year. Women who had worked in politics, from staffers to MPs, sharing experiences of harassment, assault, bullying, intimidation, the list of allegations goes on. There was even a Facebook page made for former and current Labor staffers to share stories of sexual harassment allegations against colleagues. Today, I want to look at what is being done to change the culture. Yeah, I was first elected in 1998, so I have been around for a while. And absolutely, like pretty much every Australian woman, I've seen sexism in the workplace. I spoke to Tanya Plibersek, who is from the Labor Party. So she's in opposition and she's been in Parliament for years. So Parliament's not unique. It's like any other workplace. There's sexism, there's sexual harassment. And uh, as we heard from Brittany Higgins, there's also really serious allegations that there's even sexual assault. Tanya Plibersek is adamant, though, that the culture has improved since she first started. When I first arrived, you know, if, if there'd be two or three women sort of talking to each other in the hallway and a bloke couldn't walk past without making a joke about it, oh, I see the ladies are taking over the place. I don't feel like it's unusual now to be a, a woman in the House of Representatives or in the Senate or in a senior staff position 
that has become much more commonplace than when I first started. But is it perfect? Not by a long shot. So what do things look like from the other side of politics? I spoke to Jane Hume from the government. My name is Senator Jane Hume. I'm a senator for Victoria. So she's from the Liberal Party, the party currently in government. She's also the Minister for Women's Economic Security. Like Tanya Plibersek, she was hesitant to say that the culture in politics is worse than in other workplaces. So I used to work in investment banking and funds management before I entered Parliament and I actually found that that was a far more oppressively gendered workplace than Parliament was, admittedly, though that was maybe a decade or so ago. Old habits die hard. Uh, and so there has been a big shift that's happened and some people have had to be dragged kicking and screaming along in that process. But for the most part, I think people have been really willing to accept and embrace the changes that are expected in a modern workplace. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm joined by the Minister for Women, the Minister for Foreign Affairs and the Minister for Finance to release the Jenkins Review. Last year, a review was conducted. It was led by Sex Discrimination Commissioner Kate Jenkins and it looked into the culture in Parliament House. I want to thank Kate and Jenkins and all of her team, not just for undertaking this review, but the incredibly professional and sensitive manner in which they undertook this review. It found one in three people in Parliament had experienced sexual harassment. This is the same number that Kate Jenkins found when she conducted a nationwide review on all workers in Australia. So while Jane Hume and Tanya Plibersek are correct when they say Parliament sadly is on par with other workplaces, there is one crucial difference. They don't have an HR department. That's because parliamentary staffers are employed by individual MPs. And that was one of the problems raised by the Jenkins Review when it made 28 recommendations for culture change in Parliament. Here's what Senator Hume said about where the government is up to with implementing those. The moment that the allegations came to light from Ms Higgins, one of its recommendations was to establish an independent and entirely confidential counselling service, somewhere that you could go to if you had a complaint that could handle that complaint, that could make sure that it was dealt with in a, um, in a I don't want to use the word victim, it's the wrong phrase, but, um, but a victim-centric approach, uh, um, uh, um, you know, in a victim-centric way, and, uh, and make sure that the complaint was dealt with appropriately, whether it needed uh, the law, whether it needed uh, consultation with an employer, or whether it just required counselling, um, you know, I think that's probably the, one of the most important recommendations that has changed. And and now we all know where to go to with, you know, up on pin boards within each one of the offices, there's the, the number that you can call if you want assistance, or if you're an employer that can see that something's happened in your office and you want some advice as to how to go about dealing with that. Now, needless to say that numbers on a pin board don't constitute an HR department. When I tried to look into this further, it remained unclear, at least at the time of recording this podcast, whether that specific recommendation had been properly implemented. And that was just one of the 28 recommendations Scott Morrison said the government would put in place. Here's what Jane Hume said about where the task force is up to with acting upon those recommendations. 
Yeah, my understanding is that those all of those recommendations are either well under the way or already implemented. The first thing that happened was there was a task force that was put together that was a cross-party task force. So it included people like um, the Minister for Finance, Simon Birmingham, and the Minister for Women, Maurice Payne, but it also included the Shadow Minister for Women, Tanya Plibersek. It included the Shadow Minister of Finance, Katie Gallagher. It included... Larissa Waters from the Greens, Zazali Stegel from the Crossbench, among others. And so I just want to be clear on those recommendations. Have they been implemented yet or do you have any update for us on when they will be implemented? Most already have been. I think that either that or they're in the process of doing so. But again, it's really important to recognise that that has to be support across the parliament to have these things implemented, to have each one of those recommendations implemented. And that multi-party support for the review, which was called Set the Standard, was really was possibly the most important pillar. The most important recommendation was to establish that task force so that everybody could continue to work towards the implementation of all 28 of the recommendations in the report. So it's 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 a proper a proper roadmap to drive those cultural and practical changes that are necessary to make the workplace safer. Now, while the existence of this new task force is promising, many alleged victims of sexual assault in Parliament House aren't holding their breath. This is Brittany Higgins talking to Fran Kelly on Radio National Breakfast soon after the report was passed down. Brittany, it was your allegations uh, of sexual assault in Parliament House that rocked Parliament House and revealed to the rest of the country, a toxic and dangerous workplace culture. We've got the investigation by the Sex Discrimination Commissioner. It makes disturbing reading. Was it news to you, any of the revelations in the Jenkins report, news to you that this, this culture of sexual harassment and sexual assault and bullying is so widespread? Or do you think it's just a recognised reality for, for any woman who spent time in that building? I mean, I don't think it shocked anyone. It didn't even shock the Prime Minister himself. Um, it, it's been rampant in that building, um, obviously, long before I was there, and I assume it continues today until sort of these recommendations and reforms are really put in place. Um, I personally, as Grace said, raised, you know, some of the structural reform ideas to the Prime Minister uh, in April when, when we met, uh, and he sort of rebuffed it with, you know, it's, it's your right to ask, it's my right mm. to consider. Yeah, look, I don't think it's unique to any particular political party. You know, there's been sexual harassment allegations uh, in the Liberal Party, in the Greens. Uh, of course, you know, our our staff have also uh, complained about sexism in the workplace. So what would the Labor Party do if they won at the next election? Would they implement all 28 recommendations of the Jenkins Review? Hundred percent. Yep, absolutely. And we're, we're working. Um, we're working on on both the recommendations for every workplace. We need to make sure that a hundred percent of those implemented. And the government has actually dropped the ball on that. There's some really important recommendations that they're not going to proceed with. Like um, I know it's starting to get technical now, but a positive duty on employers to provide a safe workplace. Like there should be a presumption that if you're at work you're not going to be sexually harassed. That should be the employer's responsibility. Kate Jenkins recommended that there should be a positive duty of care for employers to provide a safe workplace. The government's turned its back on that recommendation. Labor would fully implement that. And when it comes to Parliament House as a workplace, 
the process that we're going through now to make sure that every employer in Parliament House, so the parliamentarians themselves, know that they have a responsibility to make sure that their office environment is safe and inclusive for everyone who's working there. We need to make sure that that happens. Okay, so let's look at what we've heard in this episode. The past year has seen a slew of women from politics share their stories of mistreatment. The allegations range from bullying to sexual assault. And this isn't an issue that is specific to one party. There is a task force set up to implement the 28 recommendations of the Jenkins Review, which was a highly detailed report that had damning findings about the culture in Parliament. Both sides have committed to implementing those recommendations, but the details of which ones have been enacted and which haven't aren't exactly clear. Thank you so much for listening to No Silly Questions. And if you have enjoyed this episode, we'd love if you could leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple. The Daily Oz is a small, independent media company and it's the best way you can help us grow. We'll see you on Thursday.